Welcome to The Snap with Sydney Jones. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for this week's edition of The Snap. I'm your host, Sydney Jones. It's week 11 of the regular season, and the Broncos are on their bye. So, unfortunately, it will be a Sunday without Broncos football. But with no game this weekend, this episode of The Snap will focus solely on highlighting a trailblazer in the sports industry, veteran sports broadcaster and senior vice president at Family Sports Marketing and Talent Agency, Alex Flanagan. Alex, it is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. How are you doing? First and foremost, Alex, how's the NFL season treating you? Good, really good. Um, You know, for the last couple of years, I've gotten to be a fan. So that's fabulous. I get to watch when I want to and, um, and enjoy it with my son. And um, we play fantasy football. So we get to watch the games together and set up our lineup together and do some of that stuff that I didn't get to do as much when I was traveling and at a game um, every weekend. So yeah, I'm in the office today. So excuse me for any craziness going on around me. You might hear people yelling and screaming or some people walking around in the background, but, um, but lots going on. Yeah. So thanks for asking. Absolutely. Well, Alex, as many of our listeners know here on the snap, one of the main goals is to highlight some of the most prominent and dominant women surrounding the NFL. And you have certainly had a tremendous career, have a tremendous career, you know, one that I've looked up to for so many years and one that has so many different facets to it. And I want to make sure we get to a bunch of them, but let's start with your career as a broadcaster. How did you first get into the industry after you graduated from the university of Arizona? Yeah, well, thank you for all the kind words and compliments. I appreciate it. Um, So many, many moons ago, yeah, I graduated from the University of Arizona. I had gone into college thinking I wanted to be um, an aeronautical engineer or a a pilot and fly planes, as my dad had done in the Marine Corps. And so started studying that and then um, quickly decided I probably wasn't that good at chemistry and engineering and the things that (laughs) I was more of a creative mind. So um, switched over to journalism and graduated with a degree um, in media arts, which is kind of electronic broadcasting and a minor in journalism. And right out of college, decided I really wanted to go to work. Um, I had watched 60 Minutes and Dateline NBC was kind of um, on the scene back then. So the investigative reporting was really popular and I really wanted to do that. I wanted to be on 60 Minutes, that was my goal. So I started sending out tapes and trying to get a job um, on uh, with, a, with a news station, which I did. So I got a job in um, a really small town in Northern Minnesota, moved there, um, then went to Alabama, to Montgomery, Alabama. So I was a, a weekend um, anchor, a weekday reporter, a kind of jack of all trades, editing, shooting my own stuff, doing Friday night football and hockey and kind of whatever was thrown my way. And then my husband and I got married and um, he his job took him to Paris, France. So I took a little pause in my career, moved back to LA and really started pounding the pavement. I knew LA was probably too big of a news market for me to get on the air at that point. And we had a friend um, who worked at Fox Sports at the time. And so he brought me in for an interview with his friend and they were starting up um, a a show called the National Sports Report, which was supposed to be kind of the rival to the ESPN Sports Center for Fox. And so they were hiring at the time. And I got hired there actually on a show called Going Deep, which was more like a real sports um, investigative um, news magazine of sports because I had kind of more of the news investigative background. And um, that show was initially hosted by Joe Buck, um, the play-by-play famous (laughs) play-by-play commentator. 
Um, and then later, later by Chris Myers. And um, so I kind of started there and then just um, and, and moved, worked my way up um, to working for ESPN and then had um, my first child and was on the road a bunch and wanted to stay home a little bit. And the NFL Network was launching in Los Angeles, which is where I was based. So um, a former producer of mine was hiring people there and hired me to come over and be in the studio. And then um, at the same time, got a job with NBC Sports. And I'm telling you way too many details, but no, <laughs> I guess the moral of the story is, um, is it's kind of, I guess it's, it's funny, you try so hard to plan your career and kind of know exactly where you're going to go. And at the end of the day, I think you just have to be prepared when opportunities come your way and different doors open. And sometimes it's, it's funny to think back on like what I thought I was going to be and kind of where the opportunities were at the time um, and, and how that kind of landed me into the career that I ended up um, being in. So worked for the NFL Network um, for NBC Sports for a number of years. And then um, I think kind of decided I was a little burnt out um, by the time I, I reached my 40s. I'd been traveling a ton, had three children, just wanted to be um, home a little bit more. And, um, you know, it's, it can be uh, the business can be a little bit hard to age in as a female. And um, I was feeling, I think, some of that pressure and, and just wanted really, I think, to be home a little bit more with my kids. So made the transition into um, working on the dark side of the business now um, as an agent. I'm a partner in an agency called The Family, as you mentioned. And um, so now representing a, a number of people that are, are far more talented than I could have ever dreamed of being. Alex, you mentioned, you know, that transition from Fox Sports to ESPN and then going on to NFL Network, reporting and hosting on various shows. And then NBC, you know, you were with you were at some of the Olympic Games and you covered Notre Dame football. It kind of seems like when you made that transition to ESPN, your career just hit the ground running. What do you really contribute your early success to during that time? Well, I don't want to date myself too much, but you know, there weren't all that many females um, covering football or even in sports. Um, I certainly was not one of the OGs by any means, but um, but really it was still kind of a bit of a novelty. I mean, there was kind of a few of us um, doing the jobs and, and really there were for the majority of my career, really, I would say I was I was the only female in the room almost always. Um, so I think um, I think what kind of I guess what got me what what made me successful was probably just drive and the willingness to do the work. Um, I'm a total Type A personality and like very detail oriented, so kind of like a perfectionist, I guess, if you will. And so I think that kind of a um, you know, that really paralleled, I think, how I did the job in that I really um, prepared a ton and um, and just was kind of ready for whatever came my way. So I think, you know, the hard thing I, I meet over the course of my career, I've met with so many people that, you know, want to get on TV and, and do the job. And um, what you really realize is it, it it is a sacrifice. And I think that's what I tell a lot of young women in that, like, if you're not ready to not go to your friend's weekend weddings or miss baby showers or, or, or even your own children's events, sadly, it is really a part of the business. Um, you know, sports happen on the weekends and, and on the, during the night. And so you really do give up a lot, I think, in terms of your social life and some of the things that might be more like normal <laughs> for working people. But um, I guess the flip side of it is, you know, the excitement and the things you get to be a part of and attend are really, you know, unmatched by so many other um, jobs that you could have out there. Absolutely. You, you mentioned there not being a ton of women representation in sports, you know, early in your career. Did you personally face any challenges in that, in that regard? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's funny to look back. I mean, I think I was definitely the beneficiary of, um, of executives wanting more females to be in sports. Um, you know, I like to think I was really qualified um, when I got my first job at Fox Sports, but I probably really wasn't. I mean, I had a news background and I was good at writing and editing and, and storytelling, but I really didn't know a ton about sports. Um, you know, I, I hadn't, I really didn't know a ton about football. So I had to learn a lot um, over the course of my career. So I certainly, I think, was the beneficiary of, of a trend of, of maybe hiring more women. And then I think, you know, once we were hired, it was kind of up to us to really prove that we belonged and to do the job. Um, but I think that, um, you know, it's, I think the, the hardest thing that I think I faced was just, there weren't a lot of people like me um, to turn to in the, in the workplace or, you know, it, you really had to seek out mentors. And there were some really great women to me. I mean, I remember doing my first Super Bowl and told the story a lot, but I walked into the Miami Convention Center and I was a total newbie and across the room was Leslie Visser who had been one of my idols. And she like screamed at me and started waving me down. And you oh kind of God. had that moment where you're like, oh my gosh, does she even know who I am? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And, and, um, and she was wonderful. And, you know, I've, um, a lot of people, I had a conversation, a long conversation, catch up conversation with Andrea Kramer um, the other day. And, and we were laughing and reminiscing about how when I was um, kind of young and new to the scene at NBC, they added me to a Super Bowl. Um, so it was on with her crew with um, with John Madden. It was John Madden's final final game of his right. career and um, Andrea's crew. And they added me to the sideline for just that one Super Bowl game. And, um, you know, Andrea could have been I think, um, you know, she could have, she could have shown up a number of different ways. Um, and she was very gracious and delightful. And we laugh about how, you know, she'd given me a couple tips of like, don't be late because John Madden will leave you behind on the bus. <laughs> you know, don't wear this or do that or different things. So, you know, I had some women, I think that were really wonderful to me, but I think it was a little bit different in that it was really competitive. And I think, you know, something we still feel often I think as females, but more so maybe even back then was you kind of knew there was a spot for one female and that was it. So you were kind of always looking over your back, you know, and I think that that um, made it a little harder sometimes to be abundant to other women. And luckily, I know I can on behalf of myself, I truly don't feel that way in this industry anymore. There, there's plenty of room for women in, in plenty of roles, um, which thankfully women like you have paved that path for us. Yeah, well, there's so many, I think um, a lot of us, I think, realized, um, you know, I think that how hard it was not to have a lot of um, female camaraderie in the workplace. And so I think that's been the goal of a lot of people um, of my age or generation that really want to change that. I think Laura Oakman's a great example of that and what she's done with Galvanize. And, um, you know, we, we look at the group that she's created for younger women to really kind of get together and talk to each other and know each other and swap stories and even swap, you know, information about the job that's really powerful to have and, um, you know, how beneficial that's been and, and how much, you know, that would have benefited us. So I think it's really cool to see the younger generations coming up and really supporting each other. And, and I think the business has changed too. I mean, I think there's a lot more place and room for women. So I don't think it's as competitive where you kind of feel like, okay, there's only one of us that's going to get this job. 
Um, and I think there's a lot more female executives um, slowly but surely. So I think, you know, we have people in the workplace that kind of understand us and understand the differences um, between women and men and, and some of the things that we face, um, you know, just as people. Certainly. Alex, like you've mentioned, you've covered a wide variety of sporting events. Some of the Super Bowls you mentioned, you know, five Olympic Games. This might be kind of a hard question, but what's been your you know, favorite game or favorite event that you've ever covered throughout your career? Oh my gosh, that is a really hard one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think doing the Olympics is a really special event to do. Um, I think in my mind, um, the London Olympics stands out, the 2012 Olympics, which were just really special. I covered diving. So I was in the swimming and diving venue and, and those were kind of some of the the um, you know high years of Michael Phelps and Ryan Lochte and like some of those great swimming stories that um, I got to be a part of and um, I just think that that this, the the layout of that Olympics and and kind of the whole tone of it um, my kids got to come over for a little bit and be there and so yeah I just remember that as being a really special time I think what's special about the Olympics is you you go and you spend a month in the city, you know, really you go in a little bit right. before the Olympics. And so you really get to spend time. Another one was um, the Vancouver Olympics, which I loved as well. And, um, you know, getting to kind of spend a significant amount of time in a city, I'm sure like you're used to, you know, when you travel, you kind of go into these places a lot of times and all you see is the airport. Yeah, the hotel. Out. Yeah, like all my like, day. <laughs> yes, I, I, um, I was telling somebody the, the other day how disappointed I am in myself that, I spent so many years covering football and I covered the Buffalo Bills a number of times and I never made it to Niagara Falls because <laughs> oh. I just never took that extra day, you know, as I was like, okay, get there, do the game, you know, go home. And, um, and so I think the Olympics is different because it really forces you like you're a part of the city. And, and um, a few times at the Olympics, my role was really to go out and do like feature stories on the town and on unique things um, in the city or in the country. And so it really gave me an opportunity to, to get to know it and see it. You know, it's funny you say that. We were in Dallas for the Cowboys game and the stadium's in Arlington, not even in Dallas. And I never even made it into the city. Of right, Dallas. right. <laughs> I had never been to Texas before either. So I was like, oh, I'm super excited. Going to go to Dallas, going to see downtown. Nope, I stayed at the hotel the entire time. And then we Yeah, the well, you're so busy too, like trying right. to get stuff done that, you know, you kind of end up like studying in your hotel room and not getting out as much, but. Definitely. Well, I know that throughout your career, you spent time here in Denver, you know, covering games, covering the Peyton Manning era. What do you remember about some of those games you've covered here and maybe some of the players that you've interviewed? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm based in Southern California. So Denver was always kind of an easy um, day trip for me. So I was sent there quite often by the NFL Network. And then um, as a reporter on, on Football Night in America, I would often kind of swoop in for a day and, and cover it. Um, Gosh, I remember, I remember, you know, so much about it, really. I, re I, I covered, you know, the Chargers a fair amount as well. And so that was always a good rivalry. Yeah. Um, you know, the stadium just being such a beautiful place and, and such a great city to kind of fly into. And um, I, gosh, I've done that drive from the airport to the stadium <laughs> so many times. And, and it's been cool just to see the airport evolve too, like the new beautiful right. hotel that exists in the airport that I would have loved to have had yeah. um, there in my days covering it because the airport's a little bit far from the city. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, the Peyton Manning um, uh, era was, I guess, kind of towards more towards the end of, of my career a little bit. And it was really cool to watch and, and see him because I had covered him 
you know, for so many years um, playing for the Colts. And I, I just vividly remember kind of the whole pursuit of, um, of Peyton Manning coming to Denver and, you know, everybody trying to figure out, you know, was he actually doing it um, or not? And, and then seeing him have success there was, was such a great way to see him end his career as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, just a lot of great games, I guess, in an epic stadium. And, you know, there's nothing like being in that stadium and just kind of seeing that cool mountain air, um, cool, crisp mountain air. It's just, it's such a beautiful place um, and such a privilege to watch a game there. We're hitting that time right now where it's starting to get really crispy outside and starting to feel like perfect football weather. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not, not too cold, not too hot. It's just perfect. Exactly. Well, Alex, now you're the senior vice president at Family Sports Marketing and Talent Agency, like I mentioned earlier. You know, so for some of my listeners who might not know, what is Family Sports Marketing and Talent Agency and what does your role there really entail? Yeah, so um, so we're basically, most people probably have heard of CAA or, or Wasserman or WME. So we're a sports agency, just like those are more of a boutique agency. Um, we represent um, a number of musicians, um, athletes and broadcasters. Um, and we're a couple of years old. So our founder is a gentleman named Steve Astafin. Um, he worked at Wasserman, a bigger agency for a long time. Um, he started out in this business. He was kind of one of the original um, action sports agents. So. He was um, a snowboarder and kind of got to know a lot of snowboarders and skateboarders and um, it kind of tapped into an industry when they were being um, utilized for content. He had the idea of like, hey, let's, you know, I'm going to kind of start representing these people as an agent. And he grew his agency and then um, Wasserman, Casey Wasserman acquired his business and he grew Wasserman um, with Casey Wasserman for a number of years. And then a few years ago decided he wanted to go back to his roots and restart his original business, which was the family. So he and I have been colleagues for a long time and I had taken and a little break um, from broadcasting. And we sat down and uh, as I was kind of deciding what I wanted to do next, he said, would you ever consider this? And I was like, yeah, I think you know, it'd be kind of an interesting opportunity. So he was just um, getting things off the ground and launching. And that was, gosh, two years ago now. And um, we've grown from a few employees to like 30 employees now. We just launched our NBA division, our NFL division. Um, I'm representing a handful of, of amazing broadcasters and um, and helping kind of grow the company. Um, we represent a couple of music musicians, including um, Machine Gun Kelly and um, and a number of kind of um, interesting people. So yeah, it's been it's been it's been a ride. Every day is like a new challenge. It's um, very different from working for kind of some of the big corporations um, that I did, like the NFL or like NBC. It's very entrepreneurial, and it's um, we're all wearing a lot of different hats. But um, but it's been it's been super exciting. It's been kind of nice for me because it's. Um, very different and then I'm not traveling nearly as much as I used to. I'm, you know, there were many, many years where, you know, I was on a plane probably, I mean, there was a five-year stretch where I was doing three games a week. So, you know, I was, I was in three different cities in seven days for, you know, multiple weeks. So it's kind of nice to not have that, um, you know, to sleep in my own bed a little bit more regularly. Definitely. Uh, you mentioned that you represent athletes, but also analysts and broadcasters as well. How do you think that your previous experience as a broadcaster has helped your clients, but also has helped your ability to really represent them? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I think it, it's helped a ton. I think I'm kind of unique in the agent space and there aren't a lot of people that have done the job and are now representing people. It's an interesting transition in that it's a, you know, it's a service industry. So it has been a transition for me to go from being somebody who was serviced by others to being the person that services and, and really it's about listening to that person and, and what their wants and desires are. And I've, you know, had to work on putting aside my own experience and my own career and what I think to be true and right and really work on listening to what, you know, my clients want and who they are and figuring out who they want or who they are and what would be best for them. Um, but I think it's been really helpful for me just to understand um, a lot about what they're facing, um, what their day to day is like, some of the things that they really need. Um, so, you know, part of my goal is to give people some of the things that I didn't get um, when I was represented by people. But I think I think what it where it helps and where it's different mostly is that a lot of the people that are in um, the networks that I'm speaking to on behalf of my clients are people that I worked with, <laughs> you know, people wow. that I knew for many many years. Right. So. Um, you know, you know, whether they were on um, on the Notre Dame team that I was on or they were my producer or they were my boss or, you know, um, people that I came up with. The cool thing about getting a little bit older is like you come up with all these people and you all start out together and now they're like running companies or they're, you know, executive producing or they're in charge of, um, you know, big shows. So it's been kind of fun to reconnect with a lot of people and, um, and, and, and talk to them on, a, I think, a level that's a little different than maybe somebody that comes up kind of through a traditional agency mailroom mail path. Um, their relationship might be different than my relationship is. It's a little bit more of a, of a friendship. And I think there's a lot of respect there um, that, you know, I have a lot of mutual respect, I'd like to think, um, in the business that's been really helpful to my clients as well. So, um, so it's been fun, but it, as I said in the beginning, it's um, what has been wonderful to me is just there's so much talent out there and to see, um, you know, I felt like I was pretty good at my job and some of the people that I work with, I'm like, wow, like I could not do what they do. You know, um, there's a lot of really talented people out there and I'm, I'm really blessed to work with a number of them. Looking back when you first started in the industry, did you ever envision yourself to be where you're at today? Do you ever think you'd go down this path really? No, no, no. But I do think, um, you know, I do think I really, I really longed for a job where I had a little bit more control. Um, I think, you know, the hard thing about being an on-air talent is, you know, you can be really good at your job. And if somebody doesn't really like you um, in terms of like, you know, you don't always like somebody on TV, right? Yeah. It's not personal. It's like, if they don't really like, like who you are and what you represent and how you come across on TV, um, you know, you might not have a job. And I think that right. was really hard in that, you know, I had been at places where you would have new, um, you know, new leadership come in and they would have, you know, they would maybe want just a whole new look or a whole new, a whole new vibe or a whole right. different thing. And it was really out of your control. It wasn't about like how your, your resume or your credentials, yeah, or how well you did at the job. It was really about, you know, and, and some of it also is so circumstantial in a way, like, do they need a woman or a man? Do they want somebody older or younger? Do they want somebody that knows hockey or football? Do they want a blonde or a brunette? <laughs> yeah. So I think I had, um, and, you know, unfortunately, I think in sports it, that exists a little bit more um, than maybe in like news or different areas of, of television. But so, yeah, I think that I had really longed, I think, over the course of my career to, to be somebody that could make some decisions and to make an impact in a way that where I kind of felt like I wanted a little bit of a seat at the table, I guess, to, to okay. use a cliche Absolutely. Of, of being able to make a difference. And I think, um, 
you know, I think now I feel like um, as as we're motivated to have more females in, in places of power and I feel like I can um, help affect a difference, if you will. So so I don't know that I ever sat down and thought like, oh, I want to be an agent one day. I certainly didn't. But I think when I started thinking about like, how do I use all the um, the goodwill that I built out, my resume, my my reputation, my relationships, and and I had done a lot of mentorship and really enjoyed that over the course of my career. And I started thinking like, wow, this is kind of a cool way that I could have a job and be like a mentor as well, like kind of bring all those different things together to really affect and and make some change. And I think you know, as you get older too, like one of the nice things is, is your priorities change. And I think it's not just about the position and how much money you're making, or, you know, sometimes you get to an age too, where you're like, how can I change? Or how can I give back? Or how can I, how can I help guide other people into places um, where I can maybe see something that they don't see in the moment? Absolutely. All right. Last question for you here, Alex. What's one piece of advice you'd give anyone maybe looking to get into, into the industry or maybe someone who's already in the industry and trying to make their next jump? Yeah. Okay. So a couple, a couple, um, a couple of, okay. one thing that I say often is like, do your homework. So I think it's really easy to look at the job and you see us, right? You see the people that are the forward facing on air people. And that sounds really glamorous. And it's like, that's what I want to do. I want to be on TV, but really think about it and look at it because there's so many positions and so many great positions, really, whether you're producing or directing or, or writing, or, you know, want to be an executive or a talent booker, there's so many different arms of the business. And so I think really kind of doing the the exercises to understand what it is about the job that you want to do and and why you want to do it and I find so often I think people think they want to be on TV but they really don't want to be on TV <laughs> because it sounds really great but um but I think if you if you're getting into TV because you're like I want to be on TV and it's really fun and I want to be at the games like you're absolutely going to be disappointed and you're getting into it for the wrong reasons so I think like for me personally I loved the job because I loved um, information. So I loved, I loved the interview process of like finding information. I loved researching and reading and prepping. Like that was my wheelhouse of really where I really loved what I did. And then I loved kind of taking that information and figuring out like how I could distribute it or how I could distill it down to something meaningful. Um, so I think kind of think about it, like what, what are you good at and, and what parts of it do you like, you know, and, and then, and then you can align with the right job in it. Um, and then I think the other thing is just kind of going back to what I said earlier is I think people don't fully understand how hard of a job it is. Um, and I think it, it does seem really glamorous. And I think, you know, people don't fully understand just the amount of work that goes into doing, um, I guess, all a lot of TV jobs. But the on-air job comes with kind of an extra layer, I think, of pressure of how you look and, and a lot of kind of superficial things that become very important. So, and even, you know, with social media now too, like that's a whole nother layer of something you've got to, you know, um, be on top of. So I think the job has really changed where it's like you're a journalist 100%, but um, you also, there is a factor of, of what you look like and what you dress like and, and how you present. And then there's a factor of also how you market yourself through social media and, and, um, and how you kind of build this bigger brand. And I think that, um, I guess, finally, I'm, I'm totally talking too much, but my last, <laughs> my last piece of advice I think to people is like, I, I think ultimately you have to find something about you that is authentic, that stands out. So I think it's like, um, 
it's my daughter's applying to colleges right now. And as you look at the top colleges, um, the Stanford's and the UCLA's of the world, you're competing with kids that are all really talented and all have good grades. And I think the on-air position in television is really similar, is that like you're competing against people that are all really talented and a lot of different people can do the job and they can do it really well and they're willing to do it for not a lot of money and so it's a very competitive field so what is it about you that's kind of authentic to you that you can make yourself um unique and different and and stand out and and rem and rememberable <laughs> yeah make yourself you memorable thank you um you know because i think um you know at the end of the day you don't want to be disposable and i think you know you can make yourself not disposable by kind of finding those unique things to you. And so is that like, are you more comedic? And that's what you kind of hone in on. Are you somebody that writes really well? Are you a serious journalist that can handle investigative stories? Are you somebody that starts your own blog or own, uh, you know, wardrobe company or your own kind of, you know, in unison? So I think just pushing yourself not just to be, you know, a reporter and, and finding out some other areas that you can make yourself um, where you're not just disposable to your employers. Right. Really build that personal brand that makes you you. Yeah. 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 It's kind of definitely, I mean, it's a part of it now for sure, I think. It definitely is, for sure. Great advice, Alex. Thank you for that. And, and I truly can't thank you enough for joining me here this week. Really such a pleasure getting to talk to you today. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of The Snap. A big thank you again to Alex Flanagan for joining me. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. I hope you meet me right back here on the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube next Friday for another episode.